We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Welcome to the Vandal Insider Podcast, presented by Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman. Let the team that takes care of the Vandals take care of you. Get the latest information on University of Idaho athletics you won't find anywhere else with the Vandal Insider Podcast. From in-depth conversations to game previews, the Vandal Insider is every fan source for all things Idaho athletics. Now, here is your host, Chris Keene. Welcome into the Vandal Insider Podcast. We have got another packed episode during this busy stretch of the year. The calendar, this is crossover season, football going on. We've got that matchup against Weber State to recap. Of course, senior day to preview. Hoops taking place as they are off and going. And uh, before we go any further, again, want to give just such a huge tip of the cap to the Vandal soccer team making their trip to the NCAA tournament, winning their first ever Big Sky Tournament Championship. Uh, their historic run came to an end, falling in the NCAA tournament on Saturday. But what a season for Coach Clevenger and the entire team. I just want to take a moment to to just really acknowledge what a year it was for the Vandal soccer team and uh, so much still to accomplish for Vandal Athletics uh, the rest of this school year. Well, we've got some outstanding guests to get to today. Coming up, we'll have Andy Talley joining us to not only talk about his Hall of Fame football career, but we'll talk about the great work he does with the Andy Talley Bone Marrow Foundation. So not only him, but Krista Ross, who works hand-in-hand with him when it comes to the Andy Talley Bone Marrow Foundation. 
and uh, the great programs that they have. So this Saturday, this uh, goes uh, perfectly together. This Saturday is Idaho's Get in the Game, Be the Match Awareness Game. And this is a cause that I know is close to, to Coach Eck's heart. Coach Eck is a member of the Andy Talley Bone Marrow Foundation Coaches Council and has helped to register over a 1,000 people in the National Bone Marrow Registry in the first two drives that the Vandals have had uh, on the campus since Coach Eck has taken over the program. So this is uh, something that is great. They they do a great job of getting this across with college football teams. Andy Talley, Hall of Fame coach. He led Villanova to the 2009 National Championship, beating Montana uh, that year in the championship game. Former winner of the AFCA Coach of the Year Award and the Eddie Robinson Award, won over 250 games. He will walk us through how he got the foundation started and doing uh, such a fantastic job of getting college football programs involved in this, making sure to get that the word out and get people signed up for the registry. So uh, over 160 college football programs nationwide involved in it. So we'll talk with Coach Talley uh, about getting the game, save a life, and his perspective on Vandal football as well. What a great point of view to get from a Hall of Fame coach. And Krista Ross will join us as well as she works right there with Coach Talley, working with the National Donor Program and, and overseeing uh, their great programs that they have. Be the match and get in the game save a life. So Saturday will be Idaho's get in the game, be the match awareness game. And they've got some really great stories about the lives that have been impacted, the lives that have been saved. Uh, so this is a really fun conversation we'll have coming up. And on top of that, we'll talk some Vandal hoops with one of the best to ever take to the hardwood for the University of Idaho. Stephen Madison, third all-time leading scorer in program history, will stop by as we will talk both the Vandal men and Vandal women. Stephen Madison, not only one of the great players in Vandal history, but he's also now doing a fantastic job on color commentary for the ESPN Plus broadcast doing both the men and the women. So we'll talk Vandal hoops coming up with Stephen Madison. Well, the Vandal Insider Podcast is presented by Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman. As the Vandals team physician, orthopedic surgeon Dr. Kyle Hazelwood cares for elite athletes, weekend warriors, and everyone in between. Let the team that takes care of the Vandals take care of you. Well, we welcome in as we do each episode from the VSF, Chris Hammond. And Chris will kind of put a bow on that Weber State game. Obviously not the outcome the Vandal football team wanted. 31-29 falling in Ogden on Saturday. I know you were down there as well. Uh, before we kind of move forward, what's next for the Vandals? Uh, what were your thoughts on, on how that game Saturday went? Obviously uh, not the outcome Idaho was hoping for. Yeah, you know, we kind of touched on it almost exactly to the point last week when we said it, it's a kind of a it's hard to win in the big sky on the road and I think that's what we saw this week I mean you're starting to see some of the injuries pile up uh, that really seemed to affect us late but I think all in all you know yes we lost but Chris we covered it and most people you talk to I mean Weber State has kind of found their groove here late they're actually at five and five right now so they got a chance if they win this weekend to be a above 500 team they were a preseason top 10 team, so we knew that the Weber State Wildcats had the talent. It was just adjusting to new coaching. They finally seemed to have found their quarterback. Um, they have Cal Poly this week, so I expect them to probably finish 6-5. and five. So, yes, it's not the loss you want. It's not the loss you want when you're trying to build a playoff resume to possibly get a top seed or a seed in general. But, you know, I think the defense made really good adjustments there in the second half. If you really think about it, yes, we gave up 14 points um, in the second half there, but 
one of them was on a fumble and one of them was on a long kick return. So our punt return. So both times that the Weber State offense was able to really generate anything there in the second half was because we kind of gave them the short field due to a turnover or um, a special teams play. So I think they really buckled down on that outside run that was killing them a lot there in the first half. So I thought the defense adjustments by Coach Orich and everything were great in the second half. And again, it just it just felt like one of those games where um, I don't know if we just came out flat, which I don't think so because we did score off the bat pretty quick, but. Uh, it just felt like if we just had a couple more minutes, I mean, the inevitable would have happened and we would have won that game. It just felt like we had basically stopped everything Weber had. At that point, we were just trying to play catch up, trying to get some points going. I know some people are, are not happy about the fourth and 10, deciding to go for it. There were three minutes left, but I think Eck has, has phrased it well and that we are going to live and die by being aggressive. And in this game, we might have died by it, but had we picked up that fourth and 10 and gone down the field and won, everybody would have been talking about um, how Eck is not afraid to make these calls. and You know, it just didn't break our way in this one. But it's hard to get a road win in the big sky. And uh, luckily, we've got a home one coming up this week. Yeah, just a few more thoughts on that game. Uh, credit to Weaver State. I think when they've settled on their quarterback, Richie Munoz, he made some big plays in that game. I mean, they had to hit on some explosive plays, and they did. He had some good passes, a true freshman quarterback. And it seems like from, you know, the Weber State you saw earlier in the year when they struggle with turnovers and maybe they weren't getting that quarterback play, even to just sort of more of a game manager and you hit those big plays, they weren't getting that. And their strengths are really good defense. We saw that with uh, with Winston Reed. We saw that with the pressure they were able to get uh, on Giovanni at some key times in the game. They've got a strong offensive line, so they're able to protect that true freshman quarterback. And then special teams, if you're the Vandals, you know, you had some things, you had some headwinds in that game. As, as Coach Eck told us on the pregame show when we interviewed him that uh, both Anthony Woods and Giovanni were considered game-time decisions. Of course, Giovanni goes out there and, and really does a, a strong job overall. And then no Anthony Woods. And, uh, you know, that's one of your your top weapons. This is an offense full of a lot of really uh, dangerous weapons. But uh, uh, it certainly is one that you miss when you don't have him available. So with that, even without Anthony Woods, uh, you go and, you know, you lose the turnover margin, negative two, not able to create any turnovers. They get those turn two turnovers. That kind of has to be part of the recipe for them. Also, special teams, Ricardo Chavez hits that 53-yard field goal. That was outstanding field goal tying his Vandal career long, but they get that big punt return, and that was a crucial moment in the game. And as well for the Vandal defense, just some untimely stretches where they could not tackle very well, where it seemed like uh, Weber State was kind of dead to rights for being dropped, uh, at least to prevent him from a first down, and just couldn't ultimately uh, get those key tackles in those crucial moments to kind of limit Weber State there. All that said, life on the road is tough. I think that's a better Weber State team than six or five and five. I think they're going to be six and five when they beat Cal Poly uh, this week. I think that will happen. And uh, they're probably sort of looking at things like, gosh, we were so close uh, to making some playoffs, and they've got momentum on their side. But for the Vandals, the way things have kind of shaken out, we'll get into that a little bit more coming up, that uh, uh, there's still so much that uh, that they have to play for and so much great positioning that could potentially be had. So the senior day game on Saturday at the P1FCU Kibbe Dome, not only a chance to beat Idaho State, not only a chance to get that eighth win overall, the sixth win in Big Sky play, but uh, getting a seed, getting a bye, still very much in play, though it uh, is crucial uh, to winning this game Saturday. And a chance after, you know, two weeks, you have that great Montana State win and, you know, two weeks, a Northern Colorado victory where maybe the Vandals didn't have their A game and then a loss, albeit a close one, to Weber State. So a chance to kind of, you know, maybe get 
get back, get right a little bit uh, before you go into the bye and then start the playoffs and try to, uh, you know, in the ebbs and flows of a long season, uh, get things more going your way uh, with what uh, could be a very nice win against Idaho State if the Vandals can take care of business. And Chris, uh, before we get to our interviews coming up, uh, we mentioned at the top uh, soccer. Again, a huge congrats to them on their historic season basketball both the vandal men and vandal women at the time we record this are two games in uh the vandal men this week have a pair of games at home against evergreen state college and plu tough one for the vandal men as they fell to cal state northridge a whale of an entertaining game uh tough to see that injury for tyler morris uh, fingers crossed a speedy recovery for him who had played so well uh in that game which was a major bummer but uh just fun knowing it's just this time of year where we've got crossover and uh, pretty much every day we've got some vandal excitement going on. It's uh, we, we touched on it last week and it was just so great. Just almost every day being able to turn on um, whether it be football, whether it be soccer, whether it be men's or women's basketball. Uh, it, it's a fun time of year to be a vandal. Uh, the Both the bat- hoops teams look to be playing with some fun energy this year. Football team coming down the home stretch. We're expecting Hopefully at least a few more games this season. So, yeah, it's fun to be in Moscow, and it's just it's great when you can plan your nights, your evenings every night by going, all right, are the men's basketball team playing? Is the women's basketball team playing? Do we have the coaches show? Uh, there's basically a Vandal event every night, it feels like. It's great. And, yeah, it's, it was sad to see that the uh, the soccer team fell 1-0 to Gonzaga, but heck of a fight. Uh, seemed like a really incredible atmosphere, obviously. I was – in Ogden watching it um, on a TV with some people, but uh, it's just fun to see them get that experience and hopefully they'll get another crack at it next year. Well, this Vandal Insider podcast today is presented by Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman. When he's not caring for the Vandals, his team physician, orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Kyle Hazelwood provides the same MVP orthopedic care to our entire region at Inland Orthopedics. Our team is your team. Well, Saturday coming up, it is the Vandals get in the game, be the match awareness game. And for more on that, here's our interview with Hall of Fame coach Andy Talley and Krista Ross. Here is our conversation with them. Well, such a treat to be joined today by Andy Talley and Krista Ross. Andy Talley, Hall of Fame coach, led Villanova to the 2009 National Championship, beating Montana in that game. A winner of the AFCA Coach of the Year Award and the Eddie Robinson Award, uh, winning over 250 games. And we're also joined by uh, Krista Ross, who's the manager of athletic programs and partnerships at Be The Match. And this Saturday, when the Vandals host Idaho State, it is Idaho's Get In The Game, Be The Match awareness game. And I know this is a cause that is dear to Coach Eck. And, and we'll just kind of dive in right here. Uh, we'll start with you, Coach Talley. Uh, how did things come together when you started the Andy Talley Bone Marrow Foundation and with Get In The Game as well? Well, you know, it was something that I had happened to hear on a morning radio show an oncologist came on. I was on my way to work at 5.30 in the morning, and uh, that was in 1992. And at that point in time, there were only a million people on the bone marrow donor list, and uh, they said so many people were dying, and they needed help badly. Uh, and I thought, like, well, you know, I've got 100 healthy football players. I can do something about this. So I called four or five of the local college coaches in the Philadelphia area, and asked them if they would do a marrow drive. And we started out with five or six marrow drives and then uh, ended up 
you know, adding uh, many more teams as time went on. And of course, Krista um, was my partner. We used to play racquetball together and she beat me routinely. So um, I said, well, you know, would you like to get involved with me? And and uh, she said, yes. So she said, well, why don't you think about starting a foundation? And I went, a foundation? You mean like when you dig a hole and you build a house? She said, no, dummy, like a 5013C. <laughs> and that's that's how we got started. Well, that is fantastic. And Krista, can you can you take us from there? So this idea is hatched, and the two of you have done such a great job uh, with this and championing this cause and getting such fantastic results. Can you take us from uh, when this idea was hatched to to just the the fantastic work that has been done from then and to now, and that continues to grow and build? Absolutely. So, like Coach said, he had the idea, and he's the secret sauce. So I don't want to take too much credit here, but, you know, coach had an extensive black book of coaches um, and all these coaches that wanted to do really good jobs on and off the field with their teams, like coach Eck and coach Stegg at South Dakota state way back when, and now coach Eck at Idaho. Um, but, you know, we started with a few teams and I got coaches uh, Rolodex back in the day and just started identifying some coaches that would want to, jump on board and with be the match uh, we set up this great program called get in the game and so um we have over 350 schools now and basically what it is it's a community service day for the team we pick a day a time and a place a busy place on campus you know most often during spring ball when there's a, a little bit of a law in the schedule um and we pick a day the players are trained on you know, who be the matches, what it means to be a blood stem cell or marrow donor, you know, what patients are served through receiving a transplant. Um, and, and we kind of debunk a lot of the myths that are out there about blood stem cell and marrow donation. And then the players are empowered and educated to go out um, into the campus community. They speak to their peers about, hey, do you have a couple minutes to learn how you could potentially save a life by being a blood stem cell donor. Um, they listen to the student athletes because they have this great elevated platform as opposed to maybe me, you know, stranger danger sitting on the campus with the table saying, hey, come talk to me. They'll, all, they'll always want to talk to a student athlete because they have such great leadership. And so because of Coach Tally's idea and the power of combining the Andy Tally Bone Marrow Foundation and Be The Match, uh, we've put over 200,000 people on the Be The Match registry, and just this um, past spring celebrated our 1,000th donor that gave a second chance at life to a patient, ironically, from the College of Idaho. So it's it's been a great run. Wow. That is really remarkable. And uh, I know just here at the University of Idaho, Coach Eck is a member of the Andy Talley Bone Marrow Foundation Coaches Can uh, Council. And, and at the University of Idaho, uh, helping to register over a thousand people to the National Bone Marrow Registry in the first two drives since he has been here uh, as the head coach of the Vandals on the Idaho campus. Uh, coach Talley, I'm curious, do, do you remember when you first caught across paths with Coach Eck for the first time? Yeah, I do. Actually, uh, we happened to be in the um, you know, the, the one double a playoff. And of course we, we, we drew, uh, coach 
and uh, they're 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 a great football team in the first round. And I was like, oh my god, these guys are really good. Uh, so we went out and played uh, at South Dakota State uh, with like ten degrees, wind blowing, and uh, I think we lost the game ten ten seven. So I cornered um, the old coach as he was coming off the field, and I said, hey, coach, you may have won the game, but now you owe me. He goes, well, what do you mean? What do you mean you owe me? I said, well, how about you do a bone marrow drive with me this coming spring? So he got, he got Jason aboard uh, to, to run the show, and uh, we did a drive at South Dakota State. had a great turnout. Uh, and that was the beginning of our association. And, of course, when Coach Eck went to Idaho, you know, he took it with him and uh, was able to continue. And I put him on our board of coaches. He's been tremendous, tremendous. And uh, we, we're so fortunate to have him with us. Well, I love to hear that. And, uh, Chris, I want to follow up on something that you said. You talked about the myths when you have the the football players and the student-athletes out there uh, trying to get names on the registry, and they talk about the myths. For people listening today who aren't as familiar with the, with things, uh, what would be some of those myths that you'd want to debunk for folks? Sure. I would appreciate the opportunity always to do that. Um, you know, a lot of people think that a – um, you know, first and foremost, that anytime you do a donation, it's a bone marrow donation. And um, ironically, it's it's only 10 percent of the time that if you are matched with the patient, that it's, a, it's an actual bone marrow um, donation. But they think it's painful, very invasive. You're in the hospital for a long time. You know, there's all these, you know, uh, side effects and consequences of, of actually doing it when that's not the case. It's an outpatient procedure, typically. Yes, you do have to go under general anesthesia. Um, they extract some marrow out of the back of your hip bone. It's tender or sore to the touch for, for a little bit, but then you're on your way. Um, not to minimize it, but in the student-athlete world, we've had a lot of football players say that, you know, they've gone through, back in the day, two-a-days or, or a football practice or a game that left them, you know, more sore than the donation. But again, I, I don't want to minimize it. But 90% of the time, it's a blood stem cell donation, and that really involves um, sitting in a chair for about four to six hours. We take blood out of one arm and run it through an apheresis machine that extracts only blood stem cells, which is what the patient needs. The rest of your blood goes right back in to your body through the other, a tube in the other arm. And I always say that um, you binge watch Netflix for a couple hours, your body you know, donates these stem cells through the apheresis machine, and then you go home. And in both situations, you are, you know, a little tired, little tender, but you're you're back to, you know, full speed ahead in no time. And so that that four to six hours or, or going under for a couple of minutes to get the, the marrow out of your hip bone literally can save someone's life. It gives that patient and their family and all their loved ones hope for a second chance, which is is desperately what they need because by the time you get to a transplant, there literally is is no hope um, with any other kind of treatment. I'm sure with the impressive work that the two of you have done, uh, you have countless stories of lives being impacted. Do you do you have a favorite maybe that you want to share with our listeners? And uh, we'll ask both of you, and we'll we'll turn to Coach here first. Well, um, we have so many favorites. 
um, I think one, uh, there was uh, a little girl uh, that, you know, I think was only about three years old. Uh, and, you know, we, we were able to save her life. Uh, and it, it was just phenomenal. That was really the first one uh, that, that I actually got to know and got to know her mother uh, and and so on. So that that was that was a great beginning for me to actually meet uh, a young child that that was now healthy and surviving and up and running. Krista, how about you? What would be some of your favorites? I can piggyback on that one a little bit with a couple more details. That was Clara um, and a, a SUNY Cortland football player named John. Uh, donated to her. And it was so great because their families came into Philadelphia together and met and they went and did all the touristy things. And they have, we have a picture in our office of Clara in front of the Rocky statue with her arms up, just like Rocky. And they ran up the Rocky steps. So that one was pretty special. Um, Like coach mentioned, it's so hard to pick one. We've been blessed with just being um, just able to meet so many of our um, donors and our patients. I'd have to pick my favorite one. It's, it's always sometimes like the most current one that I've just had a chance to engage with. And it was um, just last month, I got an opportunity to go to Brooklyn and visit a firehouse. And I met a uh, firefighter named Brian, and he um, was a first responder at 9-11. He got cancer after the cleanup, which um, unfortunately a lot of our first responders um, are experiencing post 9-11 and a um, a gentleman by the name of Ryan, a Springfield College football player, donated and saved Brian's life. And I got to see them come together for the first time and just in the firehouse with all the firefighters. I'm still getting I'm getting goosebumps as I talk right now. It was a tremendous experience. Um, hard to pick a favorite, but they're they're all great. That's incredible. And I imagine, uh, uh, like you said, it's hard to pick a favorite coach. I bet the, the best analogy I can think of is probably like being a coach. Your, your favorite win is the next win. And I would think maybe your favorite story is you get all these these uh, wonderful lives impacted and the favorite uh, the favorite moment and the favorite story in the future is the one that uh, uh, that is coming up next. Well, uh, Chris, I'll ask you this question. Uh, who can who can get involved? I know you kind of touched on this, but if people hear this, they want to get involved. Is there any certain type of person you're looking for that is maybe more likely to, to be a match? Or is it just, hey, we want you on the registry and uh, anything we can do to get more folks on the registry? That's a huge victory. I'm so glad you asked that because one of the things that is important to know is that um, you are you you tend to match um, with someone in your with your ethnic background, right? So you're seeing diversity and, and genetic makeup. And so Caucasians make up the um, they have the largest percentage on the Be the Match registry. And so Caucasians have about a 79 to 80 percent chance of finding a match on the registry that will say yes. However, if I'm African American or Black, um, Hispanic, mixed race. Um, Asian, I have a much lower chance of finding a match with, with African-American and Black community members experiencing the lowest percentage at 29%, which is just, it keeps Coach and I up at night. And so we we press for equal outcomes for all. So what we want to do is try and get the most diverse registry as we can. So anyone is always welcome to join. 
However, 18 to 40 is um, the age range that we look for because the younger the donor, the better the chance that the patient will, will survive the procedure. So 18 to 40, birth, we need all, all colors, all, all backgrounds. And then really it's, it's anyone. You don't need to, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, I, I can't give blood or I can't do this or they won't, the blood Red Cross won't take me as a donor. That's not necessarily the case with, um, a, a blood stem cell donor. And so, um, it doesn't matter what your sexuality is. We, we welcome everyone. So just takes a, a, a cheek swab to get on the registry. They, the labs run your, um, genetic makeup. Some people do have a DNA or HLA, as we call it, structure that can be more common. And so Be The Match tends to reach out and kind of put you on notice that like, hey, you do have a more common HLA type than others. So you might get the call. But, you know, if you're interested, um, we always say, please consider joining by attending the bone marrow or, or blood stem cell registry on campus. Um, often they're in the community. And then you can also, and I might be stealing one of your later questions, but by going to be the match.org, you can order a kit directly to your home. You swab at home, you put it back in the envelope and send it back in and voila, you are a new member of the be the match registry. Well, tons of great information here. And again, Saturday is Idaho's Get in the Game at Be the Match Awareness Game. So with the P1FCU, Kibbe Dome, the Vandals wrapping up the season against Idaho State. So this uh, uh, this just goes hand-in-hand hand perfectly for all the fans uh, coming out to the game on Saturday. And Coach, uh, I don't know. I know you are a busy man and you've accomplished so much. But here at the University of Idaho, uh, it's been a really fun two years under Coach X since he has taken over. The Vandals a top-10 ranked team. Uh, you know, looking to get a win uh, this Saturday to put them in the best position possible for the playoffs. I'm curious. I know you're busy, and and you know we're a little bit further away from from where you're at here at the University of Idaho. But uh, uh, just knowing your connection with Coach Eck when it comes to all this great work uh, off the field, have you kind of kept an eye on the University of Idaho and kind of the FCS landscape as a whole? Oh yeah, you know I've been uh, in touch with Coach Eck uh, several times uh, during the season and been following the program you know, very, very closely. Uh, and, you know, for a second year coach uh, to accomplish what he's accomplished there um, is pretty amazing. So they're very lucky to have uh, Jason. He is a terrific football coach and a great ambassador for the state and, and the program. So um, I think you have one of the top coaches in the country and a lot of schools are going to be chasing him so I hope that they can hold on to him. Well, I know this for sure. We are very appreciative of having Coach Eck here and all the great work he has done. And just to follow up on that, uh, with you, Coach, uh, you know, Vandal fans, uh, they're trying to reach the the top of the mountain that you were able to lead Villanova to. What would you tell fans here? And this has been a, a pretty quick turnaround for Coach Eck. You look at the the results before he got here, you know, it just uh, hadn't been as many wins as Vandal fans had hoping for. And and here we are, back-to-back years where the Vandals look like they should make the playoffs. Obviously, Saturday, uh, d- you know, kind of depends, but, you know, in a good spot to make the playoffs and then fingers crossed. Uh, to make a run. What would you tell fans? What does it take uh, for a program and the support that is needed uh, to make a run, not only a deep run, but uh, to potentially have a chance like you did to win it all? Well, I think the most important thing uh, is to continue to recruit 
for sure, because trying to get high level athletes is very, very important because to play at the top level, uh, you have to really be good. Uh, and one of the things that I found at Villanova, uh, after my five years uh, there, we went to the playoffs and we played Georgia Southern and um, they beat us. Um, I think it was 45 to 31, something like that. And they had the fastest team I'd ever played against. And when I went back home, I said, coaches, we need to recruit speed. And, uh, you know, we went out and got speed. And that that's a big difference. And I know that, you know, Jason will be recruiting kids who can run. And that's really important because when you get to that top level uh, and you're playing in the playoffs, about every team that you play can run. Uh, and and that's, that's really, really critical. So recruiting uh, is very, very important. And um, we recruited nationally. So we recruited California, uh, Florida. You know, we were in the Midwest. Uh, I don't know uh, if Jason is recruiting nationally yet, but uh, I think he will spread out and get a lot of kids that can run for sure. Well, this has really been not only a lot of fun, but super informative as well. Before uh, we, we let both of you go, I just kind of want to open it up to both of you, and we will start with you, Krista. Uh, what else haven't we talked about uh, today that you want to make sure Idaho fans know or anyone listening uh, that just to know when it comes about uh, to all the great work that the two of you have done and, and just talking about get in the game and be the match and the foundation itself? I think I would say that, you know, it's just the program has been – Super, super successful because of our football coaches and because of our student athletes. And it's really, you know, we try and give back to the athletes by participating and getting the game because, you know, they're, they're super scheduled and they've got a lot thrown on their plate. And by engaging in the campus in a non-athletic way, we've got some feedback from our from our student athletes that, you know, it was nice to just be able to be on campus and talk to the students and it not be revolving around a game or an event. And our coaches say the same thing. It brings teams together. Um, like coach always uh, used to talk about an example. There was a player on his football team that um, wasn't the most favorite player. And um, and once he donated, he came up as a match and he donated and it kind of just spun his whole persona around um, his outlook and so a lot of the times it's like people focus on what the donation does for um, the patient, um, but what it does to the team, what it does for the coaches. Um, and, and in Villanova's case, that one player, I mean, this guy was a hero. And so it really impacts everyone's life that's involved. Um, and so I would just, if, if any coaches are listening or anyone's out there and, and they have friends at other schools that may not be in the get in the game program, I just would encourage you, you know, reach out, let us know. We'd, we'd love to talk to you. And again, it's a football born and bred program. And we're so proud of coach Eck. Um, he, he may not have any donors yet from the college of Idaho that's come up as a match for uh, university of Idaho, but you know, his work at South Dakota state has, has brought 10 donors um, into the program that saved a life. So he's just, He's legendary in our eyes already, and he's going to continue on that path, and we're excited for him. That is fantastic. And, Coach, uh, any final thoughts from you, anything we haven't touched on that you want to make sure that people know about? Well, I think it's really important 
uh, for the coaches that are doing drives with us to continue to be uh, sending the message to their coaching buddies that, you know, you can do a drive. It's easy to do. Uh, contact Coach Tally. Uh, I'll tell you how we do it at our school and uh, try to get more of their coaching friends. We have a group of coaches now uh, that work with me that send me names, coaches that presently don't do drives, but are somewhat interested, but don't know much about it. Uh, if I can pick up the phone and give them a call. So anytime I can get a lead on, on a potential coach, it's important. Uh, and we love working out in the far West and the Midwest uh, to get teams that normally we wouldn't have access to because we're overloaded with a lot of teams in the East. And so now we've struck out. We just recently uh, landed Montana State and Montana Tech and some of the schools uh, in Oklahoma. So this is great stuff for us. And we can do so much more work uh, around the country as we get more contacts from our coaches. Well, thank you again to the both of you for your fantastic work and for the time today. And again, Saturday coming up is Idaho's Get in the Game, Be the Match Awareness Game. Uh, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much and continue just going out there and doing uh, such great work and impacting lives. Thanks again. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it, Chris. Thank you. And before our conversation with Stephen Madison, first, we hear from Dr. Kyle Hazelwood, who is not only the Vandals team physician, but works with the community at Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman. And Dr. Hazelwood, how fortunate are we to have this high level of care here available to the entire community on the Palouse? Well, yeah, I, I, you know, honestly, my medical journey has brought me kind of across the country. And uh, I would say that just in general, uh, for a, a smaller town, we have really good doctors here. Um, I've been really impressed on personal things and things with my family that have come up. We just, we, we have a lot of good doctors here take, I think, great care of people. And, um, you know, that's what we, what we try to do at Inland Orthopedics is treat people like we would want our family to be treated. Um, it's important to have kind of that personalized care. And I think practicing in a smaller community really allows us to get to know our patients a little bit better. And, and, and that's something that I really enjoy about practicing here as opposed to a bigger city. Again, that is Dr. Kyle Hazelwood of Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman when he's not caring for the Vandals. His team physician, orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Kyle Hazelwood, provides the same MVP orthopedic care to our entire region. At Inland Orthopedics, our team is your team. Well, now it's time for our conversation with Stephen Madison. Here is our interview with Stephen. Well, it's always a blast to catch up with our next guest, Stephen Madison, one of the all-time greats in Vandal Hoops history. And now folks able to catch him doing a great job on the ESPN Plus broadcast 2010 through 2014. Uh, only player in program history to score more points in a single game than Steve is Orlando Lightfoot, number one in program history in games played with 129. Third all-time leading score, 1,624 points. Well, Steve, after that 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 introduction, we're going through all your accolades. Uh, we'll jump in right here. You have seen uh, both hoop squads, the Vandal men and the Vandal women so far. It's a new era for both with new coaches. Uh, what are your early impressions? Let's start uh, with the women's team, what you saw in that game for the Vandal women against Cal Poly that you covered. Yeah, and I think on both sides of the, you know, 
the spectrum for the men's and the women's, you know, brand new coaches and basically brand new teams. And so for the women, it's going to take some time. I thought they had some good energy and I thought coach Carrie, Amy did a good job of her game plan. I just think it's early on for this team. And there was a little bit of struggle um, as the game progressed on. And so that's something that the team's going to have to work on. Cause you, it's easy to come out at the beginning of these games and have a bunch of energy and be ready to go. But how long can we, you know, how long can we do that without having a dip or a lull? The exciting thing is for the Vandal women is last year, just the way things ended up working out, there were not a lot of home non-conference games. So fans kind of had to wait a while uh, to see the Vandal women in action at home. A different story this year. They will be in action next. Uh, they'll be uh, catching some sun down in Hawaii, taking part in the Bank of Hawaii Classic. They'll have two games, but those upcoming home games for the Vandal women, November 25th, they'll host Utah Valley. December 1st, Texas A&M Commerce will be in town. December 17th, this is a really good good uh, non-conference game to get at the ICCU Arena. Grand Canyon uh, will be in Moscow. And then that final home non-conference game will be against St. Martin's. That's on December 19th. So it's exciting for Vandal fans to uh, to have plenty of opportunities before Big Sky action rolls around uh, to see the Vandal women uh, playing and uh, taking the court. And just this new era for the Vandal women and kind of uh, flipping things, Steve, over to the men's side. Alex Pribble now with two games under his belt as we talk here today. But uh, before we know it, the team will be playing Evergreen State College and PLU. Started with the loss in the Battle of the Palouse and the home opener, an absolute nail-biter. Cal State Northridge escaped with a 76-73 win. Uh, what, do you, what do you think you've, uh, what you've seen so far from the Vandal men in those two games? I mean, to start the year off at Washington State, that's not something usually that the Idaho schedules, but to do that is a big jump in a, you know, that's a tough opponent to have. And so to go into that as your first game as a new coach, as a new team, you know, that's a that's a big leap. And I think it tested them. And you could see they struggled a little bit there. But then to come back and turn around and play, um, you know, a Cal State Northridge team that is brand new as well. Um, I liked what I saw. I like the energy. I like their effort. But it's going to come down to making shots when it matters. And, you know, you can play as hard as you want. But when the game gets down to the line, you got to make your shots. And so I think going forward, I think this team has what it takes to be a solid big sky contender and I think Alex Purple is a great coach to have at the lead of this but it'll be interesting to see going forward if they got two opponents coming up here this week that you know are kind of games that you bring in to build that confidence going into your later preseason uh schedule and then into big sky conference so we'll see what happens this week and um, I'm excited to see what happens uh, for the rest of the season. And I'm very curious to hear you speak to this, but there are 12 newcomers. And uh, of all the players on the Vandals roster right now for the Vandal men, only one will be lost to graduation. So it's exciting to think that not only uh, this uh, chemistry is building for this year, but building into the future. But with 12 newcomers, you can't just snap your fingers and everyone is in the you know the same mode that they would be in February or March. Uh, what in your mind does it take to, to, to continue to gel and to get everyone uh, just together as there's this great collection of talent? I know there is really good chemistry with these guys, but it just takes time, I know, uh, on the court throughout the course of the season. Yeah, and it's something that, it, like you said, you can't just snap your fingers. Like Even when I came into the program, there was guys that had been there for three or four years that were teaching us the way of how, you know, your coach likes to do things, how this program is ran. And so that's that's the part that's, you know, it's difficult, especially in this transfer portal era that we're in where guys are leaving, guys are coming in. So it's going to take time and it's just, you know, getting on the court and playing. That's the most important thing. And so 
these games, like I talked about coming up this week, these are those times where you can gel together, get some confidence under your belt, see what Coach Pribble likes, um, and understand what he's trying to do on the offense and the defensive end. And then you're going to gel at the right time coming towards the end of the season when it's, you know, you're trying to make that playoff run. Touching on what Coach Pribble likes to do, kind of those big words on offense, space, pace, flow, uh, having uh, so many guys on the court who are a threat to shoot. And then on top of that, that major emphasis on defense. How fun of a brand of basketball do you think this will be for Vandal fans? We only have one home game so far, but two coming up this week, a ton this year, and uh, just an exciting to think about the future. But how fun of a brand do you think this is uh, for Vandal fans? I think it's an absolutely great brand, and especially at the first part of the, the last game versus CSUN, the ball movement and the player movement is so crucial, and they were able to do that so well for majority of the game. And I think that's something that they're going to continue to add. And I had a chance to go into one of their practices early on in the season, and just the energy, the the amount of detail to the defensive end is very, it's very good to see. Um, and I think that if they can continue to do that and build that endurance of being able to do that the whole game, they're going to be a really tough team to stop on the offensive end. And then, you know, just night in, night out, bring that defensive effort. You're going to start to see them grow as a unit. Um, and then that's what, you know, you're going to start to propel to grow as a, as a program. You're going to start to catch the attentions of, you know, newer recruits and being able to draw that energy into a brand new facility and arena. I mean, I'm, I'm more excited for the future of Vandals basketball than ever. You think back in recent years, there's kind of been a guy, you know, maybe even going into the season and certainly after the season of uh, who that top scorer was going to be. I think back to last year, Isaac Jones, as he was not only one of the top scorers in the big sky, but nationally ranked up pretty high the year before Mikey Dixon, uh, not too long before that Trayvon Allen in his senior year uh, with all these newcomers, you know, the first two games we've seen a different top score. And I think maybe, you know, that that's not to be unexpected that different guys will be stepping up on different nights uh, with the talent that returned and the newcomers. Any of these guys uh, particularly stand out to you? And, and maybe not just one who's going to be the top scorer every night, uh, but in this little sample size that you've really been uh, excited about what you've seen so far. The guy that stood out to me last game was Aaron Frank. I think coming off the injury last year and being able to sit and watch the whole, you know, the whole season kind of un unravel, I think it motivated him. And I, I'm just, his size and his ability and his versatility, I think there's something there with him that uh, we're going to see continue to blossom and grow the ability to shoot and the ability to drive. And then you just add his physical features to that. I think he's a really tough matchup, but there's, there's countless guys like Julius Mims. I think he's an outstanding player. I think he he's going to be someone that's going to be a key to the Vandals defense at the rim. And then just that ability to be a rim threat on the offensive end, you can throw the ball to him anywhere and he's going to be able to finish it. So that just gives another threat there. Um, and then, you know, the guards plays from D'Angelo Menace. Um, and then you got um, Quinn Danker. They're guys that can make shots when it matters. And like I talked about, offense is offense. You can run it as hard as you want, and you can continue the movement. But when it comes down to the, the game, it's about making shots when it matters. And they're going to have to find a guy that's going to be able to do that. And I think, you know, those guards can step up and have a chance to be those players. 
Well, Steve, you had such a great Vandal career, and I was lucky enough with my timing. It was my first year broadcasting for the Vandals. It was during your season, senior season, uh, capped off by a trip to the WAC Tournament Championship game. And I wonder for you, as you're sitting now in, uh, not in a uniform, but you're in a shirt and tie doing the games for ESPN+, and you're sitting there in the ICCU arena, how jealous are you that this facility wasn't built uh, when you were in a Vandal uniform? Because the Cowan Spectrum w was great for, for what it was, and Mem Jim is just this historic such a cool building but to have this this standalone facility and for players to have access to it throughout the day in the practice court I know that's just a huge thing for the program can you kind of elaborate on that what it would have meant to you as a player to have had the ICCU arena I mean it would have been it would have been amazing especially in my early years at Idaho we were um you know in, in the Western Athletic Conference that was basically the Mountain West what the Mountain West is now so we had a bunch of big time opponents coming into the count spectrum and there was games that in nights that was sold out and our games were nationally televised on ESPN too. And so, you know, to get 6,000 people in the dome versus Boise state or versus, you know, a Utah state or a Nevada um, was just amazing, but I couldn't imagine the atmosphere if it was in the ICCU arena now. Um, so that definitely makes it jealous. Um, and, you know, I, I've had a chance to shoot around on the court a little bit and those, those rims are nice. I think I could have a good day out there. I can uh, I can only imagine. I got to see you multiple times. Have uh, have some very good days, and I know for you, you're not just busy uh, making your way back to the Palouse and calling these games for both the Vandal men and Vandal women on ESPN Plus. But uh, uh, you're busy uh, training guys. You're up in Spokane. Can you tell folks who aren't familiar with what what you're doing now outside of the games? Uh, what keeps you busy these days? Yeah, so I had the chance to take over as general manager at Shoot 360 Basketball Facility. It's one of the most high-tech facilities in America. Um, it's a franchise chain that started actually out of my hometown of Vancouver in Portland. Um, and I'm very, I was very lucky because our owner, Dan Dickow, um, former NBA player and Gonzaga alum, was able to start it up, and we had been in touch. And so it's been it's just been a pleasure because basketball has obviously been a big part of my life. And then getting the chance now to work with, you know, the top high schoolers in the area and then also personal train uh, professional and college players as well. So basically, you know, it's 24 seven hoops, but, you know, I can't ask for anything better um, than this. And it's just been a, it's just been a great, you know, it's been a great few years and I'm glad to be back part of, you know, this this vandal excitement for, you know, the future with hoops. I love it when you're training guys and you're in that role. I imagine you're you're spreading the vandal gospel as well. Yeah, exactly. And that's been one of the things it's, um, you know, it's been tough the last few years um, with the program. And um, I feel like now it's even easier to promote the Vandals and what everything is going on with the football program being uh, next, taking that next step, um, getting the ICCU arena, you know, getting a brand new coach in Pribble who's had success at other places. I think there's the opportunity to get some of these really good guys that are really close to home. Uh, to Moscow, Idaho, and, you know, the Northwest. And I think that's a good table in a program. And I think that's another thing where in this new era of getting, you know, transfers all the time, you have to build your program around having some high school players. All the good Vandal teams have had it. And I know it's tougher now, but I think that's a, the next step for Pribble in this Vandal program is to get some local guys that are very good.
Yeah, it really is. This transfer portal era and the the blueprint, and I know Coach Pribble is uh, just so on top of it, but the blueprint and uh, having to navigate it in what is an ever-evolving world, and I said it already uh, during our conversation, Steve, is it, it, it didn't feel like that long ago that you were playing for Idaho, but I'm just thinking about that aspect. The transfer portal aspect is so different than uh, you know a decade ago when you were in your the, the height of your Vandal career. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's completely different. You're looking at almost four to five freshmen every season, and now that's cut down like drastically, where you're only getting a few, and now you're getting you're loading up with five transfer portals or you know Division two or JUCO guys. Um, and I understand it's complete. It's extremely tough to get high schoolers right now, and even to get them to stay. And that's another worry is like, hey, if they're really good, they end up playing good, they're going to leave. But I think that's where you need to take those chances. Well, it is always fun to see the guys who uh, who come to Moscow, whether they are freshmen coming out of high school, whether they are transfers and seeing guys uh, flourish in a Vandal uniform, just like you did. Uh, Steve, again, it's great chatting today. Uh, always fun to see you at the arena and uh, looking forward to a, a fun hoop season that is just uh, right out of the gates. Thanks for the time, and we'll uh, we'll see you coming up uh, for this week for those two matchups. Yep, thank you, Chris. Well, always fun catching up with Steven Madison. And uh, as I said it during the interview, my first year, I got so lucky. My first year covering Vandal Hoops was his senior year. And we blink, it's a decade later. And Steve, uh, now uh, on the ESPN Plus broadcast. And uh, I keep him busy as he talked about uh, up in Spokane, uh, training training guys. And uh, hopefully some future Vandals in there as well. As we're rejoined by Chris Hammond and Chris Okay, Vandal Hoops, we talked about the two games this week. Uh, for the Vandal women, they will be down in Hawaii. So one of those uh, one of those stretches you circle on the calendar when the schedule comes out, a great student-athlete experience. The Vandal women, Friday, taking on Cal State Fullerton. Sunday, the host school, Hawaii, is part of the Bank of Hawaii Classic. So hope for uh, some good weather and uh, some... Uh, some time on the beach and uh, a couple of good games for the Vandal women. And then, of course, for the Vandal football team, Saturday, it is Senior Day, 4 o'clock kickoff Pacific time. Our coverage on the Vandal Radio Network will get started an hour prior. It is the matchup between Idaho and Idaho State. And I would say, Chris, that this has been kind of the surprise story in the big sky this year is how well Idaho State is done. Last year was not a good year for the Bengal football program, and that might be an understatement. But here they are, three and seven overall, but three and four in conference play. They have been a feisty team. So the Vandals are going to have their their hands full this week. This isn't the kind of the, the Idaho State teams that we've maybe seen in recent years. You you're a hundred percent right. It, it's almost a Travis, uh, travesty that, due to the record, Cody Hawkins won't get any looks for national coach of the year but if we're being frank for the eddie robinson award i mean i don't know if there's i know the wins did not tally up but this has to be one of the best turnarounds in a recent memory of a team that i mean from everything that went on from coach quitting after only a few months having a coordinator arrested during last season tons of transfers out a very young team what cody hawkins has been able to pull together at idaho state is worthy of at least a nod or look at for conference coach of the year. Unfortunately, we know how these awards usually go. Uh, the win totals do matter a little bit. Uh, so I don't think Cody will get it, but uh, he deserves a little bit of a nod in his way of the, the turnaround they've done. And uh, it, it's incredible to see. And it's what's going to make this fun because I think this is actually a great stack up. We kind of touched on, uh, or we're going to touch on it more, but 
our kickoff here a little bit later, 4 p.m. Pacific time. The Brawl of the Wild is going to be essentially done before we kick off. If they keep this kind of scheduling going forward, I mean, we might have the perfect lineup where you have Montana, Montana State, bleed right into Idaho, Idaho State, and it's just a huge weekend in the Big Sky Conference. Uh, the sad part is, had we not slipped up against Weber State, Chris, we would know if we were had an outright shot at the Big Sky title after this game. But, uh, you know, you can't look at what, what could have been. we got to look at what's on the schedule. And, you know, you got the number one passing uh, – uh, number two passing offense going up against the number one pass defense. So um, I, I, it's going to be fun to see strength for strength this weekend in the P1FCU Kippy Dome. Yeah, and just looking at those numbers, as you said, that's kind of the uh, staple of Idaho State under Cody Hawkins coming in and flinging it all over the place. So this is a team, a very pass-happy team, and uh, the Vandal defense will, will get an opportunity to go up against this pass-happy Idaho State team when Maybe there have been times this year where even games where the Vandals might have expected they would be more of a a pass-heavy team or maybe more chance the chances to create turnovers where that just hasn't been the case, either the way the game is uh, low has gone or you you look at the Eastern Washington game where there was an injury and it was basically uh, so heavy on the backup quarterback or in that case quarterbacks running the ball. So this is an Idaho State team that that loves to throw it all over the place and uh, we'll see how the Vandals uh, stack up against that. But I know kind of... You know, excited for an opportunity. Be back home. If you need that game uh, before going into the playoffs, trying to get that positive momentum, no better way to do that than on senior day. Can't wait for so many fantastic seniors uh, to be honored. And fingers crossed, this will not be their last opportunity, A, to wear a Vandal uniform, and B, to have it at the P1FCU Kibbe Dome. That kind of takes us to what's coming up next. Okay, Sunday's the game. You talked about the Brawl of the Wild. Is it 11 a.m. Pacific time? We kick off 4 o'clock Pacific time, so we'll kind of know the fallout from that by the time the Vandals and the Bengals get going. It is going to be a busy day, and I dare say maybe into the night for the committee, as Selection Show will then be coming up on Sunday. That will be at 9.30 a.m. It will be airing on ESPNU, 9.30 a.m. Pacific time. So the Vandals right now, Chris, ranked number six in the latest Stats Perform poll. Those big cutoffs for folks who uh, are maybe aren't as familiar. If you finish in the top eight, if you are a top eight, when the committee comes out with the bracket, you get a seed, which means you get a buy. And that is huge for making a deep run. So the Vandals right now, just because what the, the poll says doesn't mean that's what the committee says. But that's a good indication for the team that they will be in a spot if they win, that they'll have a still a very good chance of being a seed, despite the fact that they lost to Weber State. And uh, we can kind of get in the weeds a little bit. Uh, I don't know if we know the exact, you know, handbook right now for what Vandal fans should be rooting for. Uh, I would say that, you know, Montana, Montana State, uh, one of those teams going to tumble a little bit. If, if Montana beats Montana State, be interesting to see. I would think Idaho would be ranked above Montana State because you'd then have that same record and Idaho would have the head-to-head advantage. But we'll see. That being said, if you're the Vandals, you win You win Saturday. You're probably in a good spot to not have to play Thanksgiving weekend and to set up for a home game after that. But, you know, those teams in front of you, South Dakota State, they're probably solidified as the one. Furman, Montana, Montana State, South Dakota. And then those teams kind of around you, Delaware, South Dakota State, North Dakota State. So uh, a lot of intrigue. There's going to be plenty to be decided, Chris, uh, coming up this weekend. And we'll all be on the edge of our seat when the selection show rolls around on Sunday morning. You're 100% right. It's You basically have your top four, three seeds probably locked up and knowing who it's going to be in South Dakota State, 
Furman unless they slip up, and then the winner of the brawl probably are going to be those top three seeds. Everything else, you're right. I mean, it, it could go a ton of different directions. I think most teams would say that their goal is to be that uh, two, would it be the, the two, the six, or the seven seed and try to avoid a, a trip to Brookings as long as possible and hopefully try to get them at a neutral site in Frisco, Texas. But, you know, I think any team uh, is going to admit that they would much rather be a seed uh, and not have to play Thanksgiving and get rested up than have to possibly put in a bid and not know if you're hosting until Sunday. Uh, so it, it's, it's big to get the seed. I think uh, we got a little bit bailed out by the polls this week. Obviously, we had some some key losses kind of around us that, that helped us, only falling to six in the media poll. So uh, good news if you're a Vandal fan. Um, if you look at the, what the FCS playoff committee released back in October 26th, kind of gives you an idea of where they thought of Idaho. That was pre the Montana State win. Uh, so you had, they had us at seven, but they had us behind teams like Montana. I think we're not going to jump them now. They had us behind teams like Delaware, who also had a bad loss. So you think that they'd probably still keep Delaware ahead of us going into this. Same with South Dakota. South Dakota was ahead of us when they've only lost to South Dakota State. So I don't really see us jumping those teams, although Delaware has a really tight matchup this week with Villanova, who's got an outside shot to secure one of those last seeds. So it, it'll be interesting to see coming down the stretch. Uh, we also got – you know, interesting one to see who might be on our side of the bracket with the Causeway Classic, Sac State, and UC Davis, because it is regionalized. And if UC Davis were to win that, they might backdoor into the playoffs. And, you know, they don't like to do rematches as, as quickly as possible. So UC Davis is a potential team that we might find um, in our first game against if they're able to win the Causeway Classic. But so many ifs, ands, and buts going into this weekend. That's the important part is this is the rat poison, as Coach Nick Saban would say, section of the pod, where uh, none of this matters unless we win. So the players got to go out. We got to beat Idaho State. Yes, if we lose, we're probably still in. Just looking at three ranked wins and an FBS win. But I don't want to leave it down to being on a bubble team. I'd like to win, secure a seed, be able to enjoy Thanksgiving, and uh, get ready for a game December second. Couple thoughts, and uh, just uh, if I if I had the committee's ear right now, and this is all dependent on if the Vandals win, but. A 7-3 and three record for Idaho. Those three losses, a loss to Cal. Okay, you're playing a Pac-12 opponent in a game that at one point you had a 17-point lead. So, you know, there's not a lot of shame in that, especially considering the strength of the schedules for some of the other teams that are in this same conversation for a seed. And you have those two conference losses. That's a bummer. Those were games that uh, uh, the the upside of that is you didn't lose by much. The downside of that is you didn't lose by much, and you feel like, oh, if just a couple things had gone differently, we did a little bit uh, better. Uh, shoot, there might not even be a single conference loss this year, but those two conference losses for the Vandals by a combined four points. So Idaho's two FCS losses are by a combined four points. Point. So something to keep in mind, again, if, uh, if I had the committees here, I would be uh, kind of pounding that point home. But uh, yeah. uh, those matchups you, you mentioned uh, just for folks, so it's the big ones outside of the Idaho, Idaho State. Of course, the Brawl of the Wild, number four, Montana State at number three, Montana. You touched on that Delaware game. So Vandal fans pretty clearly going to be rooting for, for Villanova, number 10 in the latest poll, to top number seven, Delaware. So Idaho can get as much separation on Delaware as possible. And North Dakota State, this will be interesting. It's been a down year for them by their standards, but they're still a top 10 team, but they have a top 25 matchup. Number nine, North Dakota State will be at number 22, Northern Iowa. So those are some of the the national games 
uh, for folks to monitor when Saturday rolls around. And uh, Chris, before we uh, we call this an episode, uh, any final thoughts before we uh, we dive headfirst into a rest of a packed week and a packed weekend? No, it's just it's crazy how quick the last two seasons have gone. I don't know if this is a product of us winning a lot, but I remember seasons always feeling like there was a lot of time. And by the time the end of the season came around, being ready for hoops and just being like, all right, I'm ready to be done with football. But, man, these last two years, I feel like we just started. I feel like we were just in Reno, Nevada, enjoying our second game of the season. And here we are talking about the final game, a rivalry game against Idaho State, and then the playoff selection show on Sunday. I mean, it doesn't feel like that long ago we just played southeastern Louisiana. So uh, enjoying the ride. Hopefully the ride keeps going. And uh, excited to root on the Vandals and the P1FCU keep it down this weekend. Beat those Bengals. A great time. Looking forward to seeing everyone at the Dome this weekend. Well, the Vandal Insider Podcast is presented by Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman. When he's not caring for the Vandals, his team physician, orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Kyle Hazelwood, provides the same MVP orthopedic care to our entire region at Inland Orthopedics, our team is your team. Big thank you to our guests on this episode, Andy Talley, Crystal Ross, Stephen Madison. For Chris Hammond, I'm Chris King signing off. Appreciate you tuning in. We'll see you uh, lots of places. We'll see you at the ICC Arena. We'll see you at the P1FCU Kibbe Dome all coming up this week. So much to get to between now and our next episode. Thanks for this tuning in. This has been the Vandal Insider up. Podcast, presented by Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman. Let the team that takes care of the Vandals take care of you. Get the latest information on University of Idaho athletics you won't find anywhere else with the Vandal Insider Podcast. From in-depth conversations to game previews, the Vandal Insider is every fan source for all things Idaho athletics.